talk about fighting for the soul of America. But can we level set in terms of the soul of America? Right now, hate crimes are on the rise. Random acts of gun violence. Women are under attack. Mr. President. I'll I'll do one. The answer is yes, because that's why we can't let, well, um, we cannot let this election be one where the same man who was president four years ago uh, becomes president again. That's right. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. It is May 15th, 2023. And it's been about two weeks, people. That's right. We did about 10 days in Israel, four days in Budapest, uh, then flew home through Turkey, had a day trip here in Florida. Then Friday, we just took off just to catch up on a little sleep, get the jet lag in order. Uh, But we are back in business. I am super psyched to be back in studio. I have to tell you, I'm gonna tell you a couple things about the trip uh, and then we'll get to the normal show. But I I just wanna start first by saying that uh, you know that you're doing the right thing for a living when you actually miss work while you're away. Uh, And there were many days that we were out in Hungary and in Israel and traveling on planes, buses, wherever we were, that I was like, man, I, I wish I was in studio today, or I want to talk about this or that. I tried actually not to pay too much attention to all the racehorse politics stuff and like the nitty gritty of everyday current events and everything else. Uh, but I missed it. I missed this. Uh, so I am glad to be back in here with you guys. Uh, I am proud to say that no one in my team, everyone's in this room right now, two weeks together, pretty much 24 hours a day. No major blowouts, unless there's anything I didn't, uh, wasn't held abreast of. No, we're all okay. We're good to go. Uh, it really was a great trip. Let me, let me show you a couple pictures. Uh, the thing started off April 27th uh, in Jerusalem, and I bumped into this guy. You might remember this guy. Yeah, that's Ron DeSantis. The funny thing is, it was really by complete coincidence. Our trip, which had been booked like three months ago, uh, was supposed to start on April 28th. Then I caught wind that the governor was going to be in Jerusalem giving this talk. He had just come in from uh, South Korea, and he was in Japan before that doing a little commerce thing for about a week. And uh, we just moved my flight up. The team stayed an extra day uh, back here in the States. We just moved my flight up so I could go to that. So that was great. Uh, next up was uh, a day or two later in Jerusalem. This is, look at the view on this one. Uh, so that is, that's the Western Wall right behind us, Dome of the Rock behind, uh, behind my head there. That is Ambassador David Friedman. He was the ambassador to Israel under Trump who really got the Abraham Accords done. It was he and Jared Kushner who did that. So we sat down uh, for a really interesting interview. I did a live event in Tel Aviv. Bunch of people there. That was fun. That was in a former strip club. Now a place where a guy like me can hang out. Uh, and then uh, I did a big talk in Jerusalem at a free speech conference, which was fantastic. Then we moved over to uh, Hungary. Oh no, that's, uh, oh yeah, this is Hungary. Uh, I did an event with the Danube Institute, which was uh, really, really enjoyable, thoughtful, interesting. You know, I, I know far more Uh, about Israel and Israeli politics than I do about Hungary and Hungarian politics. So it was really nice to be uh, in a country that seems to be doing things right culturally and uh, politically and and see what was going on there. So I enjoyed that. And then I bumped into this guy. That's Viktor Orban. Uh, I posted that picture and everyone said, don't you know he's a fascist and hates you? Uh, But he was smiling and uh, seemed very nice to me. So who knows? Uh, Then I sat down also, look look at the view on that one. That is spectacular. That is Balash Orban. No no uh, relation to Viktor Orban, but he is uh, one of his political uh, deputies, and that's right in front of the parliament, which we took a tour of, which was absolutely spectacular in Budapest. And then the whole thing in, in sort of a fitting, as it started with DeSantis day one, two weeks later, uh, that is me and Jordan Peterson. He had a show in Budapest, uh, so I opened for him, and it was about 5,000 people, uh, really awesome. And it was just a nice sort of fitting ending to the entire thing. Uh, And before I get into the show, what I want to tell you is that what we did there, uh, both in Israel and Hungary, we're we're shooting, or we shot, a uh, a mini documentary. Might not be so mini. It might end up... Might up being end up being legit and oh Phoenix is giving me the long no no it's long we got a lot of stuff uh, really trying to figure out uh, what is is right in certain countries right now and is there something that we can take back to America you know Israel for all its problems you know they've had about a thousand rockets fly into their territory which 
ironically did not happen while we were there. Basically the day we left, it started for this last week, just a ton of rockets flying in, Iron Dome doing its thing. I mean, it's really remarkable. Um, but for all their security problems and whatever else it might be, there's something culturally there that really is working. It, it's a, a people that are, are progressing in the right sense of progress. Uh, the, the building of the country, the roads, the cleanliness, the lack of homelessness, drugs, all that stuff. Like something good was there and it's, and it's cultural, not just political. And the same thing going on in Hungary, taking care of their borders, uh, fighting for their own cultural identity and all that. So that really was what the, the genesis of the trip was. Like, is there something going on in these countries? And I hope to do many more international trips and find the spots in the world where what is going on and what is right and why is it working? And can we import some of that into America, because obviously you guys know our, our political institutions, our cultural institutions, educational institutions, everything seems to be up in the air. And by the way, almost everyone that I talked to in Israel and in Hungary, virtually everybody was like, man, what is going on in America? They want to look at America and be like, oh, you guys are on the up and up. Like the world's kind of good when you're good, but that's not what people are feeling everyone's kind of like, uh, what's the deal with Biden? Have the Democrats have gone completely insane. There was obviously a lot of talk about Trump and DeSantis, all that kind of stuff. Um, but all of that being said, I think we really did come up with a nice uh, idea set around the types of things that can be imported and what brings us together as Americans and where we can fix things on the margins and tighten things up so that we don't have to, as I often say, be on this endless descent to hell that we seem to be on. Uh, so we'll be uh, releasing the doc, uh, possibly, um, I'm not allowed to say, but soon enough. And uh, I think you will see that it was a worthwhile trip. And just one other thing on that, um, it was really nice to come home and, and see Justin and Luke who have grown tremendously while I was gone, but they both gave me big smiles and it was an acknowledgement that they hadn't forgotten me. So that was very nice too. So today, before we do all of the political stuff that we'll be getting to for the rest of the week and everything else, I just wanna catch up a bit on some of the things that I missed and, and with some new bites in there as well, uh, because obviously some, some major things happened. Obviously the, the Tucker Carlson leaving Fox situation, this Trump CNN town hall thing. And these things are connected, right? And I would say it's actually connected to the culture part that I'm always talking about, which again was sort of the purpose of this trip. Uh, what is going on culturally here that leads us to a place uh, where our media is so partisan, where it is so dishonest and our, and our sort of corporate elite are seemingly working against us at all times. And of course that leaves the rest of us, the rest of us with some answers, places like Twitter, and Rumble and independent creators who are fighting against the machine. And maybe there are some political answers as well, because uh, I don't know if you saw it over the weekend, but Ron DeSantis is in Iowa right now. Iowa, that is the you know first place that the Republicans are going to be voting. Hint, hint, who knows? Uh, but before we get to all of that, let me talk to you guys about Moinkbox. You know that 60% of pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese, and their hogs are given something called ractopamine, which is banned in 160 countries, including China, yet you find it in your grocery aisle every day. Well, there's a better way, guys, which is why I want to tell you about Moink, which is moo, as you know, moo plus oink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. You choose the meat delivered in every box, like ribeyes to chicken breasts, to pork chops, to salmon fillets, and much more. Plus, you can cancel any time. There's nothing better than cooking their meats on my big green egg on a Friday evening. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's Bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted, and they guarantee you'll say, oink, oink, I'm just so happy I got moinked. Keep American farming going by signing up today at moinkbox.com slash Ruben right now. And listeners of this show get a free filet mignon in every order for a year. That's one of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste. Uh, that is M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Ruben, moinkbox.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. Okay, so culturally, what is happening here? And what makes a culture? Well, a culture has a little something to do uh, with the media, right? The media is sort of a mirror, or it's supposed to be a mirror of ourselves. Unfortunately, from an American context, the mainstream media has become a funhouse mirror, and it's very hard to uh, garner anything true from the mainstream media these days. But the media and our politics combined sort of are what 
everything else culturally comes from. So as you know, last Wednesday night, uh, Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump, uh, did a town hall on CNN. Now, I've been saying for quite some time that whether you like it or not, and this isn't even a condemnation of the guy or an applaud, applauding of the guy, that Donald Trump is part of the machine, right? He sort of needs CNN and CNN sort of needs him, right? That's why they came together to do this thing. On one hand, CNN will lie about him all day long, but they lie about him and talk about him because it gets them views. He constantly talks about them because they'll cover him and he feels that helps him. Like, it's just, it's just how it is. That's all, it's just how it is. Anyway, he did a town hall with Caitlin Collins on CNN on Wednesday night. And then everyone went bananas because a whole bunch of people in the audience who were Trump fans were applauding for Trump. So the average person watching it or the average Democrat watching it was not happy because it kind of made Trump look good. So what happened? Well, the next night, Anderson Cooper over there on CNN uh, had to kind of mop up for what CNN had just done by just playing the game that they always play. Many of you have expressed deep anger and disappointment. Many of you are upset that someone who attempted to destroy our democracy was invited to sit on a stage in front of a crowd of Republican voters to answer questions and predictably continued to spew lie after lie after lie. And I get it. It was disturbing. It was disturbing to see and hear that person refer to a black law enforcement officer as a thug, an adjective he used many times to describe black men, and call Caitlin Collins, the moderator, nasty, which is what he calls any woman who stands up to him. It was disturbing to hear him speak so highly of QAnon conspirators and insurrectionists who assaulted police officers in our democracy on January 6th. And it was awful to hear him spread ridiculous lies about the election. And it was certainly disturbing to hear that audience, young and old, our fellow citizens, people who love their kids and go to church, laugh and applaud his lies and his continued defamation of a woman who, according to a jury of his peers, he sexually abused and defamed. As good a job as Galen Collins did trying to fact check him, it is impossible to fact check fully because he lies so shamelessly. Now, many of you think CNN shouldn't have given him any platform to speak, and I understand the anger about that, giving him the audience, the time, I get that. But this is what I also get. The man you were so disturbed to see and hear from last night, that man is the front runner for the Republican nomination for president. You have every right to be outraged today and angry and never watch this network again. But do you think staying in your silo and only listening to people you agree with is gonna make that person go away? Oh, Lord, the sanctimony. I forgot about it, quite frankly. Um, first off, that, that Anderson Cooper is running around talking about Trump's lies and everything else. Like, CNN is a lie factory. They only exist to lie. They just lie in a different direction. And Trump often calls out their lies. He's upset right there, and he's having this sort of mea culpa because he knows that the base of the network is turning against them now. CNN is already failing in the ratings, obviously. By the way, the reason that so many of us talk about CNN all the time and show clips of CNN is because I believe that actually for a functioning democracy, it would be good if we had some news that was nonpartisan that we could basically trust. We just don't have it. But what he's seeing is that the crazy people, the radicals, that they've radicalized, right? They've radicalized their own audience by constantly lying to them and ginning it up and making it seem like white supremacists are everywhere and everyone who disagrees with them is a bigot and a transphobe and everything else. So he's trying to walk it back a little bit. Uh, I like the line though, you have every right to be outraged and never watch CNN again. I mean, you shouldn't watch CNN, you really shouldn't. I know it was on at the airport when we were there and I have to see these clips every now and again. But what's interesting really is that this is, that was the night after, that was on Thursday night when he was uh, doing his little recap there. And it's like, well, all right, well, so what did happen? What really did happen? He listed a couple things, January 6th and okay, the election. And so how horrific was the town hall where, well, here's one clip that you might've seen. This one went viral. I don't know the full context to it, but I actually didn't want to know the full context. I think it just stands on its own. Her dog or her cat was named Vagina. The judge wasn't allowed to put that in. All of these things, he would, but with her, they could put in anything. Access this Hollywood This was a jury put in of anything. nine people who found right. you liable of sexual abuse. Do you think that, that that will deter women from voting for you? No, I don't think so, because I think the whole thing, just so you understand, ready? I 
never met this woman. I never saw this woman. Okay, first off, that this woman's cat was named Vagina. The way he says vagina is just kind of funny. Uh, he did not get uh, hung up on this rape charge, by the way, this woman, the rape charge failed. They're getting him, uh, what, what was the charge actually that they're getting him on? That he's gonna have to pay, the, it's not on rape itself. He's not being, it's right, it's like defamation. It's not that he's guilty of rape. They did not find that. Uh, but anyway, it's like, see what we're talking about. You see what we're talking about. This is what they do. This is why they all need each other, right? They just need each other. That being said, Hearing Trump talk about vagina isn't the greatest thing ever, but he did do something that I've been saying you've got to do uh, consistently when dealing with the media, and that is fact check them in real time. Bring receipts, right? Remember when Ted Cruz was on The View and they were trying to get him and he busted out some papers and said, I got the facts right here. Well, Trump must be watching the Rubin Report because he nailed it with this one. When they went to the Capitol, and they were breaking into the Capitol, smashing windows, injuring police officers. Why did you, why did it take you three hours to tell them to go home? I don't believe it did. Oh, let me pull it out. I have to pull it out. <laughs> so, so if you look at, on January 5th, the day before, I said, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. Stay peaceful. This was the day before, and this was in the form of Twitter. Now use truth, truth social. I think it's far superior, okay? I hope everybody's on truth. I hope everybody's on truth. Uh, if you look January 6th, it's at two, before 2.30. I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. This is right after, as it was happening. But what happened is they took it down. I don't know why. I think they took it down because it was so good. They didn't like it being up there. Okay, so there's a couple things going on here. First off, the, the people are going, all right, well, Caitlin Collins, she did this great job in the face of Trump and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't really care to make this about her specifically, but she's focusing on rape charges and the nonsense around January 6th and everything else. And Trump uh, actually got quite sick of her uh, at, towards the end. Here, check this out. What's you the mind? answer? Can I, do you mind? I would like for you to answer the okay, question. Okay, it's very simple to That's answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple to, you're a nasty person, I'll tell you. Can you answer why you, very why you held on to the documents? I was negotiating and we were talking to Nara. So look, they deserve each other, right? They deserve each other. She would never treat Biden like that. Anderson Cooper would never have to do a follow-up show on the lies of Joe Biden or the lies of Corinne Jean-Pierre or anything else. Uh, Trump knows that they're lying. She knows that she doesn't like Trump. Like, it's all right in front of us, right? This is a magic trick, and we all know what the tricks are. But they just keep doing this thing in front of us. Look, Trump won the thing. I watched enough of the clips. If, if we're looking for a winner here... Trump won, CNN knows, CNN knows Trump won, which is why Anderson did that thing after, but CNN also got their best ratings in years. So they asked him dumb, partisan lefty questions at a Republican town hall with a Republican audience. They got their, their own at-home audience to be upset that people were applauding him. He gets more people to pay attention to him, more energy around him and they get the ratings for it. So they get the money for it, he gets the attention. So do you see how they are part of the same machine? But the machine really is spasming right now. It really is, right? I mean, the main thing that happened while I was gone in terms of the media uh, was Tucker uh, is no longer on Fox. It sounds like he's gonna be doing a show on Twitter. And the reason I think it's good no matter what, no matter what happens here, is because we are diversifying where these voices are coming from, right? They won't all come from corporate media. They won't all come from people in their living rooms. They're gonna come from a plethora of places as long as we have the tech to make sure people can get their voices out there. So we'll get to more of that in just a second. Let me talk about Genucel real quick. Guys, you know, you can go to Brazil or Colombia and get work done to your face, but why on earth would you do that? Let me tell you about our newest sponsor, Genucel Skincare. Look years younger right before your eyes. Here's a real review from Genucel.com. Claire said, I absolutely love Genucel. My skin feels so good, tighter and younger with a more even tone and I only used it for a week. My advice, everyone, take 
before a picture, but her husband Jim makes a more exciting point. Wife loves it ever since I purchased it for her. Things got much more interesting after dark, enough said. It's true, nothing works like Genucel because it's a family recipe for over 20 years, made by a compounding pharmacist in small batches and always safe, cruelty-free and natural. Now go to genucel.com slash promo and save over 70% off Genucel's most popular package during their Mother's Day sale. Every most popular package features their ultra retinol and dark spot corrector. Don't wait, go to genucel.com slash promo. Uh, that's genucel.com slash promo to get a complimentary spot, essentials box with every package order, plus free upgrade to priority shipping and now back to me. So why is the media spasming? They don't know what to do. They hate Trump. They need Trump. Trump doesn't know what to do. He hates them. He needs them. It's a match made in hell. Here's Jake Tapper over at CNN and uh, he's, he doesn't know what to make of all of this. I mean, you know, he's cashing the, the checks, so it's kind of good for him, but it's also undermining democracy. So I guess that's not so good. Here we go. Oh, from Washington, and it was an interesting night. Uh, Mr. Trump's first lie was told just seconds into the night with his false familiar claim that the 2020 election was, quote, a rigged election. And the falsehoods kept coming fast and furious about the January 6th insurrection, about the threat to Vice President Pence, about Pence's ability to overturn the election, about COVID, about the economy and more. He called a black law enforcement officer a thug. He said people here in Washington, D.C. at Chinatown don't speak English. Okay, again. Do you get it? Why they need each other? Then they can sit there and be outraged over what they just allowed to happen. It's, do you think they didn't know what was going to happen? Did they think that Trump was going to get up there with Kaylin Collins and it was just going to be a love fest and he was just going to tell the truth as they see it and everything was just going to go smoothly? Of course not. But it's exactly what they wanted. And it's not just what CNN wants. It's what MSNBC wants too, because since Trump has left office, MSNBC's ratings have absolutely collapsed and deservedly so. Here's Joe Scarborough and look at this actor. He's just an actor. So upset about Trump. Let's see. I, I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm gonna use catastrophizing language here, uh, but it was, it was just, it was disgraceful on every level it showed uh, I, won't, I wouldn't say it's dangerous for democracy because we passed that a long time ago but it showed the corrosive effects of trumpism over eight years and i've got to say i i, I the, the most shocking part was an audience who cheered on a president who tried to overturn American democracy. He tried to overturn American democracy. It's true. A couple hundred people showed up there on January 6th. No weapons, no plans, no nothing. One guy, they thought he had a Lego set that looked like the Capitol. Turned out that wasn't even true. But this, this fake, pompous, boring, and man, having stepped away from this stuff for about two weeks, just watching all of these people, it's like you're all in on the grift together. But speaking of the grift, is there anyone more griftery than the ladies of The View? I think not. Here's noted racist Sonny Hostin, and she used to be on CNN, and she's laying into CNN and her former friend, Anderson Cooper. I think that you don't give a bigot and a racist and a misogynist and a liar and a cheater and a sexual abuser and a, a defamer a platform of three million people. And I'm saddened, uh, I used to work for CNN for quite some time. Anderson Cooper has been my friend for over 20 years. And I'm saddened that he tried to gaslight me yesterday by saying that people are in silos. People aren't living in a silo. They are choosing to listen to the lies or not. You're right, lady. And as one of the prime purveyors of lies, in this country on that daily show every day, which is on ABC right now. And thank God you good people aren't watching it because you're with me right this moment. You spread this stuff, you spread the lies. So you don't mind lies, you just want people to swallow your lies. And also keep in mind, 
there is no Republican that Sonny Hostin or the rest of these types of people wouldn't say is a bigot and a racist and a homophobe and a transphobe and everything else, right? Like they think Trump is the threat right now, but as DeSantis continues to rise, and it's very obviously like that, that that's on the cusp of happening right now, um, you're going to see the same as exact attacks on him. Actually, we've seen them already. And what do I keep saying? They're going to call him Hitler with a calculator. He's going to be Trump, but oh my God, he's actually functional. This is going to be a real problem for these people. So they need him. He needs them. And they're losing control, right? They are losing control, not only of the narrative. So the narrative would just be the Democrats are nice. Democrats care about poor people. Democrats aren't racist and Republicans are mean and care about war and money and hurting poor people, something like that. Uh, but we know that none of this is true. So they're losing the narrative, uh, but they're also losing the distribution models. This is the, the key part to all of this. It's why I'm so proud to be, at least to the extent that I am involved in the tech game to, to save some of this stuff. So they realize they need Trump and Trump needs them one more time. They're losing control of the narrative and distribution. How's that happening? Well, about 10 days ago, out of nowhere, the number one rated cable news host in the history of cable television, Tucker Carlson, uh, was out at Fox, found out about an hour before he was supposed to be doing his show that day. Uh, here is Tucker about a week later, uh, taking several jabs at the machine uh, as well as Fox and making an announcement on where he will show up next. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. You often hear people say the news is full of lies, but most of the time that's not exactly right. Much of what you see on television or read the New York Times is in fact true in the literal sense. It could pass one of the media's own fact checks. Lawyers would be willing to sign off on it. In fact, they may have, but that doesn't make it true. It's not true. At the most basic level, the news you consume is a lie, a lie of the stealthiest and most insidious kind. Facts have been withheld on purpose, along with proportion and perspective. You are being manipulated. The best you can hope for in the news business at this point is the freedom to tell the fullest truth that you can. But there are always limits. And you know that if you bump up against those limits often enough, you will be fired for it. That's not a guess. It's guaranteed. Every person who works in English language media understands that. Amazingly, as of tonight, there aren't many platforms left that allow free speech. The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter. Starting soon, we'll be bringing a new version of the show we've been doing for the last six and a half years to Twitter. We bring some other things too, which we'll tell you about. But for now, we're just grateful to be here. Free speech is the main right that you have. Without it, you have no others. All right. So the importance of this situation can't be overestimated. Tucker and the amount of influence he has no longer on Fox News, corporate media. Now, look, I basically like Fox. I go on Fox several times a week. They never tell me what to say. I say whatever I want to say. And they've been good to me. And it is what it is, what it is I would say, from my perspective. They obviously, from where I sit, made a mistake on this one. Uh, and I think this is really going to strengthen, say, the, the pond that I'm in, the independent pond, right? And of course, Tucker's right. Like, you can say a certain amount of stuff. When I do the show every day, it's the way we've always done it and the way we will continue to do it. We try to do something that's going to hopefully enlighten you a little bit, maybe make you laugh a couple times, and, and tell you something that is true. And every now and again, the guardrails of that uh, can hit back on you, right? Like, so if you talk about uh, vaccine mandates before they want you to talk about vaccine mandates, they could depress you in the algorithm. This is YouTube, for example. Or if you said something about uh, if you misgendered someone in the old regime of Twitter, they could ban you, whatever it is. So now new rails are being developed. Not only did Elon Musk take over Twitter with the intent to make it more open for free speech, not to make it more hateful, uh, but then of course you've got places like Rumble and Locals, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Elon Musk actually responded to the Tucker video to describe a little bit more about what his ideas around speech online are going to be. On this platform, unlike the one-way street of broadcast, people are able to interact, critique, and refute whatever is said. 
And of course, anything misleading will get community notes. I also want to be clear that we have not signed a deal of any kind whatsoever. Tucker is subject to the same rules and rewards of all content creators. Rewards mean subscriptions and advertising revenue share coming soon, which is a function of how many people subscribe and the advertising views associated with the content. I hope that many others, particularly from the left, also choose to be content creators on this platform. So first off, just real quick on the last line there, he wants everybody to be on there, right? Elon Musk is going out of his way to say, hey, everybody's welcome here. And if you have something worth saying and want to say it, you can have your audience subscribe. You will make some money on that and you'll make some money on advertising. By the way, guys, this is exactly what we're doing with Rumble and Locals. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of touch points with Elon. But even if there aren't, like I am super excited that the model that we really started online for people in this space is working, right? It's working and it's the future. The fact that they haven't even signed a deal with this guy, Elon saying to him, it's the same thing I've been saying about Rumble and Locals all along. We just build you something. We build you the tools and then you do whatever you want with it. So if Tucker, if Tucker can get 10 million people to give him $5 a month and suddenly he's making $50 million a month, which turns into yada, yada, yada per year, 600 mil per year, whatever it might be, it's like good for him. That's Great. So there are options here and it's coming at the expense of corporate media, which whether it's uh, CNN in bed with Trump while hating Trump or MSNBC lying about everything or The View, whatever, or Fox screwing up by getting rid of the number one host in cable news history. Uh, it's good, I think, for the rest of us that are forward facing here and want to find new business models and new technological answers to all of these uh, problems, uh, but I, this was absolutely spectacular. This was absolutely spectacular. Uh, Brian Stelter, remember Brian Stelter? He was on Reliable Sources on CNN, the most ironically named show in television history. Uh, he now works, I guess, for Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair is just like a former magazine. It's a former, it's formerly uh, what Vanity Fair once was. It ain't Vanity Fair anymore for those of you of a certain age. Uh, but he got a gig at Harvard and now he writes for Vanity Fair. Here he is, he went on television to describe what's gonna happen now that Tucker is free. Okay, well listen, Twitter was already under fire from misinformation, disinformation, all out lies, anti-Semitism, right. racism, before Elon Musk took over and now it's gotten kind of crazy, right? Seemingly unmoored, uh, if you will. Will anybody be able to police what Carlson says Mm. Or is this the point? It's just a free-for-all. I think this is the point. It is a free-for-all. It's what Elon Musk wants to provide. This move by Tucker may cement the idea of Twitter as a right-wing website. Guys, guys, who is going to police Tucker? It is the job of people like Stelter to make sure that what you know and what information you get is the real information. We can't just have Tucker out there saying what he thinks. It's so absolutely bananas. And of course, what, what Stelter is really going for there is see, it will cement Twitter as being a right-wing thing, even though all the lefties are still on there, right? AOC is still on there, Nancy Pelosi and Chelsea Handler and every left-wing lunatic and their brother is still on there and they have all of the same subscription tools and advertising tools as Tucker. But the real question is, what do you mean? How are we gonna let people just say what they think? If they start saying what, we, what they think, they may not be saying things that we think, and that would be a problem. So guys, with Fox, CNN, Tucker, Rumble, Twitter, with all of them changing, we're still noticing trickles of the left-wing machine coming through, right? Like this, this thing, it's somehow you've got, what do I always say? You've gotta give it credit. Right, like it still somehow always leaks itself in. So with all this good stuff happening with Tucker and Twitter and all of that, um, Elon announced, uh, this was two days ago, uh, that the new CEO of Twitter is gonna be a woman named Linda Yaccarino. Now she is a former WEF, World Economic, Economic Forum affiliate, uh, formerly of NBC. She's in ad sales. Um, but some video is leaking out of her and, and people are going to have to try to make some sense of this. I would just preface this video by saying, I'm willing to give Elon the benefit of the doubt here, right? Like he clearly knew that this is what her history was. They've obviously had some discussions about it. They've already agreed to do a live Twitter spaces where people can ask her whatever they want. Uh, but it is an alarm. It is an alarm and it's worth noting. So here is the new 
CEO of Twitter. This is her back in 2020 talking social justice and equality. I can talk about, you know, things that that my company is doing to accelerate, right? To accelerate what we were doing already, but realizing that it wasn't enough. So what immediately started happening was that uh, under the leadership of Brian Roberts and Jeff Schell, uh, Comcast set up a fund to the value of $100 million to fight social justice and equality. And, and obviously supporting many, many important groups. But it really made a very public statement that we're gonna put our money where our mouth is, we're not going anywhere, and it inspired action across every corner of our company. Okay, so I'm pinning this just as, a, as kind of a note to Elon Musk. It's like, all right, if you're hiring her as a CEO, here she is talking about how the company she used to work for threw 100 million bucks towards social justice and the organizations around that. Now that seems to be, to me, to be counter to all of the things you've been talking about. So he's gonna have to have a reckoning related to that. Again, he did say he's gonna do a Twitter spaces. This is sort of their live audio back and forth uh, where people will be able to ask her questions. He still remains in charge of the, the product itself. So it sounds like she's gonna mostly be doing the sales side of things, but look, when, when the wokesters get into any organization, we've seen this time and time again, they basically destroy every organization. So Elon, I would say, is, has a very, very tight rope to walk right now to make sure that this thing doesn't totally derail. We shall see. But speaking of totally derailing, I saw this one this morning. This is from Bloomberg. Vice Media has filed for bankruptcy protection punctuating a relatively rapid decline for the media upstart that once boasted a $5.7 billion valuation. This is really big, guys. For those of you watching this, you probably don't pay that much attention to Vice. But Vice, about, you know, maybe eight years ago, a decade ago, like they were the first sort of alt media, right? So we had, we had network news, NBC, ABC, CBS. Then we had cable news, CNN, MSNBC, Fox News. Then there was like the alt online media companies. So there was Vice, there was BuzzFeed, et cetera. Now BuzzFeed, as you know, folded a couple weeks ago. Now Vice, is wor it's worth nothing. It's worth absolutely nothing after being valued at 5.7 billion because they went woke too. So it proves the theory, go woke, go broke. That's how it works. But the question is what triggered this snowball effect of distrust and now failure in, in the entire system, right? Our political system, our media system and all of that. Uh, well, it's in many cases because our political leaders and our institutional leaders have just lied relentlessly about everything. And fortunately, over the last couple of years, as, as uh, censored as the internet has been, we've had some level of exposing that nonsense. Uh, here's video from the DeSantis War Room. This is Governor DeSantis uh, talking about the media and the lies and the rest of it. This is in relation to COVID, but you will see the point. You know what our biggest enemy is in America? our fellow Americans. Frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. Now is the time to do what you're told. <laughs> this is not about freedom or personal choice. No, screw your freedom. People who are incubators for every variant to come, walking around lawfully unvaccinated? That's psychotic. You've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. Refusal has cost all of us. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. You're the unvaccinated overcrowd our hospitals. We're overrunning emergency rooms and intensive care units, leaving no room for someone with a heart attack or pancreatitis. You're a schmuck. This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. F them, f their freedom. I want my freedom to live. Okay, so as I said, that was from the DeSantis War Room. That wasn't the governor himself. We'll get to him in just a second. Uh, but the reason that I wanted to play that video, it shows you this came from the media. Like, why is it all crumbling right now? Why does it feel like cable news is crumbling? The last vestiges, Trump cling on to CNN. Like that old world thing, it really is collapsing in real time in front of us. And I would say that the media's continual fall is that we're seeing right now is reflective of a broader theme in America. As the machine weakens, its counterparts are strengthening. 
And this is going to cause the tension. The lies of the media aren't working because there's been enough good guys telling the truth. And with some ability, as I said, because of technology and despite all the algorithmic tricks to build audiences and, and, and disseminate something at least a little bit closer uh, to the truth. So everyone, everyone is part of the machine to some extent, right? We all are. I am to some extent. We all are. Uh, but Trump is definitely part of this machine. So let's, uh, let's continue uh, a little bit to, to this weekend. Or no, let's, before we get to this weekend, uh, this one happened right before I left. And this one really uh, set me off. So you may remember this truth social post from Trump. Uh, this is, Florida was doing great long before Ron DeSantis got there. People are fleeing from New York to Florida and other places because of high taxes and out of control crime, not because of governor, thank you, President Trump, to sanctimonious. Rick Scott did great and even Charlie Crist had very good numbers. Sunshine and ocean, very alluring. Okay, so putting aside writing like a crazy person and the capitalization and the desanctimonious, which doesn't work. And the fact that all his kids and his grandchildren all live in Florida and he lives in Florida and he knows how much safer it is here. And he knows how the economy is chugging along. Uh, he puts things out like that because the machine now knows that DeSantis is the biggest threat to the machine, right? He is a conservative Republican governor who just won by a landslide, showed that you can build a really wide coalition of people. You can bring in uh, obviously the, the conservative side of things, but you can also bring in the disaffected liberals and the crossover people, the people who are recently red-pilled and woke up during COVID and all of that stuff. Um, so the machine sort of accepts the Trump lies because then it can get people to, if he says, if he's out there saying crazy things, they can get clicks off it. Um, but I really believe that what people want right now more than any, more than any time, certainly in my lifetime, is people want something true. They want something decent. I think they wanna know that it doesn't have to be like this. And guys, it does not have to be like this. There was a before time. There was a before COVID time. There was a before all of the crazy time and the algorithms made us nuts and Trump derangement syndrome and the constant quest for clicks and likes and all of those things. There was a before time. And I think we can get back to it, but it's gonna take some competency and honestly, honesty and, and real leadership. Uh, here's a tweet from Becker News. Here's one of the good things going on in that Florida place that apparently Trump's not so thrilled with. Breaking, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announces permanent ban on COVID mandates and is outlawing gain of function research in the Sunshine State. So yeah, that's what's going on right now in Florida. It is just one of the many of the long list of wins. You know, obviously Republicans have a super majority here. The legislative session just closed uh, as of Friday. So DeSantis literally every single thing that he set out to do while running for his reelection, he accomplished, right? He did everything he set out to do and more. And I think people are really realizing it now. And I even got this feeling by, by traveling, talking to people. People are appreciative of what Trump did. They really are, and they should be, and I am for sure. Um, but I think people have had it with the, the name calling, the ridiculousness, the cat's name is vagina, and all of the other stuff. People want competency. You might find this interesting. Pedro Gonzalez uh, tweeted this. This is, this is interesting because yesterday there were events in Iowa. Trump canceled his, and DeSantis had huge, huge crowds. Here's what uh, Pedro wrote. Trump isn't canceling his event in Iowa because of the weather. DeSantis has been there all day. He's still there. Trump's canceling because his attendance would have been so low compared to DeSantis. It would have humiliated him. That's also why his team is so sensitive today. And what you can see below on the left side there is Trump, his truth social post where he basically is saying, we can't go to Iowa because of the weather, but nobody was showing up to his event. And DeSantis did two events and they were jam packed. So there is something changing on the ground. What's, what's interesting to me about that is how will the machine react to it? Because for the 80th time today, continue to say it, the machine and Trump need each other. So now there's a new player and they have to figure out how to operate within that new player. But why is it working? Why is the new player Ron DeSantis, why is he gaining momentum? It's fairly obvious, right? Like the policies are good and he doesn't do the crazy tweets. There's, there's no personal nonsense there. He's not attacking people. He's just going about the business 
of the state, which is really all any of us wanted. Here was his uh, Mother's Day message yesterday, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, Madison, Mason, and Mamie are lucky to have the best mother in the world, Casey DeSantis. Thank you for all you do for our family. We love you very much. And there's a picture of the family. That's quite nice. I thought we would juxtapose that with what Donald Trump put up yesterday on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all, in particular, the mothers, wives, and lovers of the radical left fascists, Marxists, and communists who are doing everything within their power to destroy and obliterate our once great country. Please make these complete lunatics and maniacs kinder, gentler, softer, and most importantly, smarter so that we can quickly make America great again. Look, guys, and I know some of the Trump people are not happy with me and will continue not to be happy with me. But we can either choose the latter. We can choose that emotion and the cat's name is vagina and the radical leftist, blah, blah, blah. Or we can try something a little bit different that we all know is probably a little bit better. Right. And I think it's fairly obvious which way I think we should go. The question is which way you think and, and the rest of the country. Um, but let's hear from DeSantis himself on uh, what it would take to win and, and how you can do it without uh, all the over-the-top stuff. So don't buy this idea that we can't expand our, our base of support. Of course you can do that. You can't win big with just Republicans. And we proved that. But here's the thing. We didn't do it by trimming our sails. We didn't contort ourselves to be anything that, that, that we're not. We led boldly. We led conservatively and we delivered results and people responded. So that is a lesson from Iowa with what Governor Reynolds has done and Florida with what we've been able to do. And at the end of the day, governing is not about entertaining. Governing is not about building a brand or, or, or talking on social media and virtue signaling. It's ultimately about winning and about producing results. And that's what you've done in Iowa and that's what we've done in Florida. Yeah, and that's just true. Iowa is flourishing right now. Iowa, Kim Reynolds, who I had on the show about a month ago, she's the governor of Iowa. You know, she's importing many of the good ideas of Florida, that blueprint that we're always talking about. That's what she's doing in Florida right now when it comes to education and policing and COVID policies and much more. So that was DeSantis yesterday in Iowa. So it's like, hint, hint, something seems to be happening here. Uh, but DeSantis continued to talk about sort of what you would have to do actually to win the next election, I guess, in case he was to run. Both Florida and Iowa show strong leadership and a bold agenda can defeat the left in this country. But there's no substitute for victory. We must reject the culture of losing that has infected our party in recent years. The time for excuses is over. We got to demonstrate the courage to lead and the strength to win. If we do that, if we make 2024 election a referendum on Joe Biden and his failures, and if we provide a positive alternative for the future of this country, Republicans will win across the board. If we do not do that, uh, if we get distracted, if we focus the election on the past or on other side issues, then I think the Democrats are going to beat us again. Uh, and I think it'll be very difficult to recover uh, from that defeat. Yeah. If the Democrats win again, it's like, man, what, what would be left? What would be a future of America that would have anything to do with freedom or liberty or competency or any of those things? I don't know. So we really have to make a decision right now. And I got to tell you guys, as we, as we wrap up here, I, I didn't know exactly how I wanted to do the show today. Phoenix and I discussed it a little bit over the weekend and then this morning because I sort of was thinking, man, do I want to get right back into all the political stuff? Do I want to get right back into DeSantis and Trump and everything else? Uh, so the reason that we sort of recapped a little bit of what happened last week and, and it leaves us with what happened yesterday in Iowa uh, is definitely connected to this trip that I just took. These two countries that I went to uh, that have, have massive challenges, particularly Israel, border, rockets, all of this stuff. The people there still want freedom and they still want to fight for their identity and culture and all of those things. And that's what's happening in Hungary too. They wanted, they did, they wanted to stop the migration because it's ruining so many parts of Western Europe. And you know now the Brussels and everybody else is always angry at Hungary because they're protecting their borders, they're protecting their culture. I think what we have to do in America is fear, what is our culture? We have had it pretty damn great for 250 years. We have had this culture of freedom 
and liberty and get off our back and let us let us live freely as we wish. But we have to we have to enrich that and we have to double down on that. And we have to show the people who engage in identity politics uh, that it is it is absolutely toxic in a system where we have people from all over the world who have come here to make a better life and they have consistently done it. They have used our freedoms against ourselves, but we're gonna have to start getting serious. That's why I think the message of DeSantis, beyond the good policies, right? We go, oh, you, you get the good policies. And even if you don't get the good policies, you can just look, where do people move? They're moving here, they're not leaving here. So, right, you get that. But it's more just like, hey, how about we just go about the people's business? Then you'll figure out the rest of the stuff you have to deal with in your life. And we don't have to talk about cats named vagina. And we don't have to talk about nasty women and rape charges and everything else. We can go ahead and like, I don't know, live a good, decent life. That's my plan here. I think we got some work to do to make it happen. Uh, but I'm glad you're on the journey with me. Guys, it's me Monday over at the Ruben Report Locals community. I did my first ever video meme. It's a video meme. Is there anything worse than the paper straw? I hate the paper straw. I can't deal with the paper straw. Every time you go to California, it's the paper straw. Hate those people. Guys, if you haven't subscribed, join us on rumble.com slash Ruben Report. If you want to play along during the show with live commentary and for the post-game show, which will be up in about a minute, go to rubenreport.locals.com. Uh, we leave you this with this fun edit of Anderson Cooper and Joe Biden. Uh, we are back, baby. We'll be doing regular news and everything else. I wasn't that funny today. All right. I owe you one, guys. Should have been funnier on my comeback show. You never wrote be funny. It was not in my notes today. I will be funnier tomorrow but it is good to be back. Post game show, rubenreport.locals.com. See everybody else tomorrow. Bye. Good evening. Before we begin with tonight's broadcast, I want to say something about what we witnessed at last night's town hall. Many of you have expressed deep anger and disappointment. It was disturbing. That man, President of the United States, predictably continued to spew lie after lie after lie. They're, they're, you're okay. You're not going to get COVID if you have it these vaccinations. It is impossible to fact check fully because he lies so shamelessly. It's one thing that the vaccine, which we didn't have when we came into office. And it was certainly disturbing. The Hispanic and the African-American community, particularly in uh, uh, rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts, know how to use, know how to get online. You have every right to be outraged today and angry. Never watch this network. tuning into the Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.